Welcome to this special JUTSCast series about the upcoming Reclosure 2021 conference. We're going to have a brief conversation with our speakers, asking them some questions about their life and job to get to know them better. Today with us is Dragan Juric. Hey Dragan, how are you today? Uh, hello, uh, well, I'm fine. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. No problem, thank you for being here. Uh, Dragan is more formally a professor of software engineering at the University of Belgrade, but is probably better known in the closure community for his work on the uncomplicated libraries like Neanderthal, Closure CL, Closure CUDA, and many more. So Dragon is giving a talk at Reclosure this year, and we are here for like a little interview and know a little bit more about him. So Dragon, let me start with the most important question of them all. What is your favorite pizza topping? Huh, uh, probably no topping because I don't eat pizza, pizza very often, but I would go with uh, just plain uh, mozzarella, I think. Ah, okay. Okay. I, I'm also on that side of pizza toppings. I, I like simple flavors. So sometimes I'd be tempted to say basil would be my, my favorite ingredient. It, it doesn't need to miss, to be missing on the pizza. But yeah, okay. So we are not like a pizza lover. Um, ex not exactly. I mean, uh, I tend to, to eat more healthy food and outside of Italy, I suppose uh, pizza is not a real pizza. So uh probably if i were in italy probably i would like it and uh probably i would uh, go with some traditional flavor i think you're like right basil, in that like sense <laughs> i think you're right now on a more serious note how did you get into computers and what what is exciting for you about software and technology hmm. well uh Contrary to, to many other closures, I suppose I, I really got into computers uh, late enough uh, at university because uh, uh, during my high school and uh, previously uh, there were, were wars in my country, so actually we didn't have an opportunity to buy any computers, uh, Spectrums, Commodores or early PCs, only rich people could uh, pay for that. So in high school, I, I liked, compu liked computers, uh, but all my programming experience at that time would be on uh, with pen and paper. So I didn't have a real computer to, to try this stuff out. And then uh, at university, obviously, uh, I uh, studies, studied information systems. So at that time, I uh, had to learn it. Uh, and that was uh, the first time I got my uh, PC and uh, started doing it uh, for real. Mm, uh, an so, early passion then. Well, I liked uh, technology and computers, but I didn't have opportunities to really uh, use real computers uh, as, a, as a kid. Uh, mm -hmm. So later... Uh, I got into it uh, late enough, but uh, it was easy to, to learn stuff. I didn't see it as an obstacle or problem. I learned basic programming. Uh, I mean, not programming in basic, but uh, basic programming in. It was a tur <laughs> tur tur Turbo Pascal. It was my first uh, language. Uh, 
and uh, after that i got into java i got into it professionally then start researching and uh, learning more exotic topics so yeah a late start but then i quickly got into it and and uh, still today uh, it's uh, it is a sort of a hobby that is also my job <laughs> yeah that's that's the best situation one can be in i guess and do you have a computer science hero uh, that you would like to have lunch and drinks with? It might be not with us anymore, perhaps, or maybe still alive. Um, oh, and what, what kind of question would you ask? Yeah, thankful, thank, thankfully, he's still alive. Uh, well, I, I don't really think in heroes or so, but uh, uh, there is uh, one obvious programmer that uh, I admire a lot, and that is Rich Hickey. Uh, because yeah, closure was a sort of revelation uh, for me uh, professionally, and I I clicked with it uh, at once. So I and I also like Rich's approach of uh, simply uh, really uh, ex got, uh, getting into the heart of the problem and trying to find a simple and elegant solution. And I liked his way of explaining his uh, insights. And I also like that he is uh, a musician. So uh, lots of uh, admirable things uh, that uh, that he, he can offer. So probably Rich Hickey. Would you ask a specific question to him? Oh, uh, I would probably, I, I probably wouldn't uh, bother him with uh, computer-related questions, I would probably ask him about his guitars. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, actually, actually, I, I met him uh, two years ago and we had a short chat. And, uh, well, it, it would be great it, it, if uh, I could see him uh, more often and, and chat about music and his experience and connections of music and, and uh, programming. That would be interesting. Yeah, well, we hope we still hope to have uh, maybe reach one day in this interview podcast, who knows, and uh, maybe we'll remember about these questions. We want to be informal and ask a few things about life instead of uh, the usual technical questions. So that's a great one, I think. And uh, do you have a favorite piece of software application um, to recommend? Probably nothing that uh, the audience doesn't already use, like Clojure or VLC or <laughs> or this usual free software stuff that is useful for multimedia or programming. My Emacs is my favorite uh, development environment, let's say, and uh, Cider, of course. I would recommend Cider, but as the most useful piece of software uh, beside Clojure, but um, mm -hmm. the listeners already know about that, so nothing interesting to offer here. Yeah, okay, no problem. Yet, yet, but I may have something uh, in a year or two. Oh, okay, okay, that's interesting, but we, we are not going digging into that now. Yeah. Um, if you could change one thing about software, what that could be? Hmm. Well, I would like if it was if it were simpler. 
I mean simpler in, in a sense. Uh, a lot of software were create was creating in a rush to reach the customers early to add more features or so. So often it's more complex than needed. So I would like if if I if I could change something, I would make it more to the point. That's why I like closure, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, understood. Um, yeah, it's also like um, something very profound in terms of uh, what could one improve in the entire world of software and talking about simplicity is definitely how how can you make it simple is like a hard problem, I guess, because if not, it would be already solved maybe by now. Um, how did you get involved with Clojure specifically? I think it was in uh, in the spring 2009. And uh, I was already... Uh, for for a few uh, years before that i was into meta programming in java pri primarily and trying to to create some abstract uh, things that would enable people to to write simpler code with more automation or so uh and then when closure was announced I don't know whether it was around version 1.0 or a few months before that or something like that. Uh, but I literally recognized that Clojure solves all these problems in a much simpler way. And I switched immediately. Actually, I decided to switch immediately. I learned it in let's say a uh, couple of weeks and then uh in a month i already had uh, some research completed and i published in uh, in uh, ieee software i think which is high, highly regarded software magazine so that was like i noticed the tool that i thought uh, fundamentally changes the way i program and the tool proved to me that uh, something that I would need years to complete, I completed it uh, in, in a month with, with whole research and paper writing and uh, managing to, to pass the reviews, which is really hard. Like its uh, uh, rejection rate is like 95% for, mm -hmm. for such kind of uh, 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 magazines like IEEE software. So it was like, did... yeah, this is, the, this is a super tool. And did that like uh, the the article that went out contained closure itself? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, so, that was an article. Uh, so yeah, one uh, of the first things going like out publicly. Well, in in scientific magazines, uh, probably it is one of the few. May, maybe there was an article about web development in one of the IEEE magazines around that time, maybe a few months earlier or so. But definitely it was one of the first appearances of Clojure or the article that is 100% about Clojure and the usage of Clojure for some problems uh, in in, uh, in serious scientific magazines. All right, I'll, I'll probably link it into the, the show notes. So we, we have a link to that. 
Um, yeah. What are your favorite? Well, you already talked about that, so I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to ask you what are your favorite things in closure because I think we covered them. But is there like um, a favorite closure core functions? Well, it's difficult to say because uh, many many closure functions are so uh, useful and so well thought out. Of course, these are functions that were were invented in Lisp, also in Haskell, perhaps. And so, but I w I would say probably map or or uh, reduce because these two functions are like the um, cover like 80% of uh, use cases of, of looping yeah. and, and filtering and transforming data. So really mm -hmm. two powerful concepts. And I, I remember uh, the first uh, the first moment that I really start digging into closure is the moment when I uh, really understood how to properly use reduce and, and map. So this yeah. was my key, key insight. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. this is reduced. Yeah, cool. That's it. <laughs> that 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 covers like fifty percent of all, all looping that I ever uh, wrote. Oh yeah, and it's also like um, a fact that uh, there's a there's a famous paper um, called uh, about the universality of fold, which is like a kind mm -hmm. of reduce. And uh, you know, in that in that paper, um, if I remember correctly, they show how reduce can be used uh, essentially for everything to do mapping, to do filtering, um, which is essentially correct. Maybe you don't do it yeah. in, in, yeah. in practical life, but it's universal. So I agree with your choice there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, reduce is a sort of equivalent of looping, but I meant. In many cases, you would use map and not think about that it's actually implemented through reduce, or you would use filter or so. But in many uh, custom custom loops, maps map would not be capable of doing what you want, and then reduce is like the really power tool uh, that you would use directly. So yes, but mm -hmm. anyway, these two concepts of reducing and mapping was the first uh, real revelation. Of closure for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now to talk about something slightly different, other than like software development or closure, um, if you could be anything, um, what would you do instead of doing software development? Would, would you do another profession in life? Mm -hmm. So you depends or so, uh, meaning if someone forbid me for, uh, for like uh, court of law saying you cannot do software anymore so you have to do something else or if i didn't get into software what would i do yeah more the second i think mm -hmm. well i don't know probably software something <laughs> creating something creative i love to learn things and build things uh i would love to uh, uh, for example, to I like music a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I like sports. So if I could uh, make my living with this, then probably I would try to be a musician. 
uh, but it's difficult. <laughs> it's much more difficult to 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 survive as a musician than, than as a than as a software developer. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know whether it would be realistic. But if if we say like something like, okay, but don't worry about whether you could uh, earn enough money with it. What would you like to really be? Then I would probably like to be. Uh, 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 a, a rich son of of a rich uh, uh, person, so I can do so I can do and th- then uh, anything that I <laughs> I wish, <laughs> because I wouldn't yeah. uh, worry about whether I have money for that, for that. So I don't know. Uh, I'm a, I I like to go for creative stuff. So anything yeah. that's creative, probably I could. Survive. That makes sense. And uh, so you mentioned sport and music. So is that what you do for fun? uh sort of um well i um i train every day uh and also i uh, practice taekwondo for like 15 or 16 years Mm. and wow that's uh, a long time yeah and i also uh liked music from small age uh i always always liked music uh mm-hmm. i didn't properly play any instrument because well we didn't have money to buy uh, a guitar or some um uh, similar uh tool and uh, also we didn't have money to pay lessons at that time there wasn't internet or youtube or so uh, the only way that you can could learn to play an instrument, I mean, I'm talking this because there, there are probably a lots of uh, younger people, uh, so they didn't experience this. So the only way you could learn something would be to go to a proper school for that, like uh, uh, music school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, this school only taught classical music. Uh, mm. And the other way would be to find a local private teacher and pay, pay him for every class. But uh, since uh, there were lots of economical problems in my country, which is Serbia, like, this is close to Italy, but not not capitalist enough at that time mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to yeah. have uh, to have these sorts of opportunities. It was uh, it was a lot of hustle that I didn't want to bother my parents uh okay. with um so i never properly got into music i was like a, a really a passionate listener uh, but not uh, participant and uh okay. for, for the last uh, 10 years i've been uh, practicing uh, cuban uh dancing uh, okay. and uh, that opened another passion for me because uh contemporary cuban music is really really great uh both <laughs> both uh both technically and uh and uh, for the audience so it's really complex on on one hand and demanding but on the other hand very very uh good uh, very uplifting and very interesting for audience and uh, but the the only proper way to to enjoy it is if you move. So it's not the kind of music that you would sit and listen to peacefully. Mm. It's yeah. it it 
uh, invites you to move. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, and also a month ago or month and a half ago, I started learning guitar uh, because uh, there is a, an idea for a closure project that is connected to that, that I cannot ah. talk about uh, in detail now, but uh, I can just say that if everything goes well, uh, maybe there would be uh, some development in closure uh, connected to music and sound and oh wow okay that's and, uh, uh, that's lots uh... of fun stuff I hope so but I, <laughs> I cannot really guarantee hard <laughs> I cannot guarantee yeah no hard not to ask you the question but I understand it's a project so we'll see and by the way congratulations for the rich set of uh, activities beyond like com computers that you have. That's really a lot of interesting things. Is there like, um, since we talked about music a lot, um, is there any uh, musicians or album that you would suggest? Uh, you mean like traditional pop rock or something more exotic? Um, oh, whatever is uh, that you prefer, I guess. So it's really a personal choice. Well, I, pr I prefer both. Because in, my, in my, uh, my youth, I listened to a lot of... Uh, rock and hard rock and uh, even some uh, metal uh, and some punk but i suppose most most closurians are very well well informed about this uh, uh, sort of music so i would not recommend anything because obviously uh, people already know this stuff but uh, maybe i could uh, i could recommend some some uh, cuban stuff because it's uh, different enough uh, so people could discover something new that might yeah, sure. interest them uh, there yeah. is there is a cuban band uh, which is called elito reve y su charango mm -hmm. so this is a specific sort of uh, it's band that uh, a couple of years ago they celebrated 60 years of uh, music activity so you're wondering what they they are like 100 years old but it, it's a different way of making a band it's more like a, a musical troupe that has a leader and then that leader recruits uh, best musicians that he could find uh, and uh, over time he changes them and lots mm -hmm. of lots of these musicians go go out and uh, and uh, start their own bands so this is really great band that is based on traditional uh, Cuban style, like a hundred years old, but with lots of uh, new uh, additions, like with uh, lo lots of uh, traditional Afro music, Afro-Cuban uh, music, a uh, lots of uh, traditional non-Afro-Cuban uh, music, lots of modern style styles. And influences from pop and rock and uh, mixed into one uh, fantastic uh, uh, musical sound that's like you cannot hear something like that in in uh, in popular music in america or or europe it's like mm -hmm. more, bo both virtuosity on one hand and on the other hand uh powerful uh rhythmic polyrhythmic uh push for movement 
out. And it's interesting. Okay. It's not some experimental music that uh, you would say only devoted listeners would understand. This is like this is popular music in Cuba. In Cuba, this yeah. is like uh, in Cuba, this is like I don't know Rolling Stones or something like that, but modern, like new Rolling Stones. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so we'll challenge our listeners to try to we'll, we'll link to the show notes and challenge our listeners to stay still on their chair when they listen yeah. to this music if they can and, yeah, and see I, how many can do that. I have another recommendation that that uh, would be closer to to the the taste of of our listeners probably, uh, and I discovered this recently. Uh, this is a French artist that goes. Uh, as a band, uh, uh, Carpenter Brut, like John Carpenter, like Carpet Carpenter Brut, and it's a synthwave uh, artist. And uh, for people who like a mix of uh, '80s synthesizer and '80s metal in uh, in a modern sound and with '80s uh, like pseudo '80s uh, visuals, I can recommend a concert. Uh, for uh, uh, the canal uh, Arte for French French uh, channel TV channel Arte, it's called the uh, Carpenter Brut Release Party. There are like ten songs uh, conceptually arranged, and this this could be interesting for your listeners. Good, good, very good recommendations. Um, so now we are going philosophical uh, a little more, maybe. And I'm asking you, what is what is your idea of perfect happiness? Oh, uh, well, if I weren't a software development <laughs> developer, <laughs> I would have to be a philosopher, professional philosopher, to, to try to answer this. Uh, maybe a, f- a freedom to do things that uh, that I feel. I have to do. I mean, I, I hope you understand. So, like, if you feel that something invites you to to learn it and to do it, that you can do this, and that you have yeah. time to do this. And well, hopefully, it's not too far from your current uh, life and setup. Maybe yeah. can you can you do what? what you have in mind or you you are constrained by life and work and other things uh, well uh i only wish i i, I the day has more hours <laughs> because uh, um, the the thing is that uh i decided early enough in, in my life that money would not be my uh, my main goal in life so that gives me an opportunity to to forego more money for more uh, liberty, and mm. I can I, I can say that I am satisfied with what I have. Although in in monetary terms is not anything fantastic. It's not bad, but it's not. But it's enough for me. Mm. But I I wish I had more time. Mm. That, that, that's uh, <laughs> like I think that's a very good thing. <laughs> That's a very good uh, idea of perfect happiness, like a, a never-ending day or any additional hours every day that you can spend instead of uh, going to bed. That would be nice. Um, so um, we are toward the end of the interview. And uh, before we close, I wanted to ask if you can give us a brief introduction to your talk, if you 
know already the topic? Uh, well, uh, I have to admit I, I haven't prepared it yet because I didn't have time, but I have a rough idea what I would like to to base yeah, it on. Perfect. Uh, the main thing that I obviously I will I would uh, I I will base it around the new developments on the on Deep Diamond, the deep learning library that that I'm I developing. Uh, but and I will do some some uh, code examples and show the basics of what this is and how you can start learning it and using it. But the main thing I would like to point out is uh, how it is important to uh, to take time to really learn uh, the principles uh, behind the software that we are using, uh, because lots of um, lots of time in closure community, uh, we have many experienced programmers here. So we have lots of expertise. Uh, but one of the challenges is that uh, most of this expertise and peop, uh, be, uh, is uh, uh, clustered around certain areas like web development or uh, uh, some uh, specific uh, types of software. And uh, usually people learn these, all these technologies and their principles uh, during a couple of decades working with other technologies. And that's a good good mm -hmm. thing. So they recognize that closure can the closure is a tool that can simplify what what they were doing in more complex ways. But the thing is that they know this well and they they transfer to closure. But uh, some new exotic technologies that are coming, like machine learning, deep learning, high performance computing, and probably some other areas, uh, now uh, are also quite complex behind the scene. And lots of people uh, expect to instantly understand them, not realizing how complex they are, and that it is not possibly possible to to use them like a black box or to use them with little knowledge. They need mm -hmm. to acquire some background. But now it's difficult it... when you know something well. It's difficult to to start learning something as a complete beginner so that frustrates yeah, lots of people uh, and prevents them to to like grab the problem and, and devote uh, more time to it this is a little bit so, of um, the attitude toward software that alan Kay called uh, the pop culture of uh, software development or of pop culture of computer science so people who are assuming that they can just t like start using a tool without understanding what is behind it. And just because it's uh, on the shelf, right? So you take it and you consume it. It's a very yeah. consumistic behavior. Yes, but uh, the, the specific point, I, I agree completely with that. That was, I was referring to. But the additional thing here is that it is, it is uh, a normal thing to do because lots of closure programmers are experienced people and lots of things they can take off the shelf because they already understand it well or similar application so they are used to uh, quickly uh, getting into uh, another tool but in these areas that areas that are completely different then it frustrates them because 
they grab it, but they, they cannot tame it quickly. Okay. So we'll, we'll hear maybe a little bit of this, uh, maybe in, in your talk as well, along yeah, with uh, that, that was something any... that I plan to try to discuss. Not to offer a solution, but just just to point it out and see how people understand. Maybe someone will have some. Well, um, anything we forgot to add that you would like to add at the end of this conversation? Well, I think uh, you you've been asking me great questions, so <laughs> um, I I can't say any. I mean, we can talk for hours, but. Uh, that's that's probably not an not the idea here. <laughs> well, uh, uh, over a certain point, probably not. But it was um, a pleasure anyway to have a chat with you, understand a little bit of your background and life, and um, yeah, thanks for your time. And uh, yeah, I hope to like uh, talk to you again soon, and definitely at the conference. Yeah, thank you. And maybe I've just remembered to uh that i would like to add that uh i wrote a couple of books uh closure books uh, that cover some exotic areas of high performance computing and machine learning and i pl plan to write a few more and these are tutorials bo tutorial books rather than boring references completely practically oriented so if people want to check this out uh they can do this at AIProBook.com, so like AI, okay. like artificial intelligence, pro, mm -hmm. like programming, and then book. So it's a book series um, called uh, Interactive Programming for Artificial Intel Intelligence, where I cover interactive programming and artificial intelligence and everything in between. Fantastic. So definitely um, will be in the show notes um, and Anyway, people have uh, took note anyway. So thank you again. Thank you very much for your time and uh, talk, to you, talk to you at the conference. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, I can't wait to uh, participate in the conference and see other people. All right. Bye, Dragon. Take care. Goodbye.